Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruin. My name is Hallie, and this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Um, as you know, if you're a listener, my co-host, Alison Livey, is currently off doing a fabulous fun moment show called Oh No, a show about abortion at the Cherry Lane Theater in New York. So if you if you live there, if you're traveling there, go see it. It's been extended through the end of June. Hey, you know, you just say hi. Uh, don't be weird about it or anything. But in the meantime, I'm having a series of wonderful guest co-hosts. And again, even more wonderful than the last. Everyone, I doubt that the first one, we had Josh Gottelman, he was great too. But I mean, every co-host has been fabulous. And joining me now is the even more fabulous Naomi Paragon from I Love a Lifetime Movie is the podcast of hers that I listen to every week. And then, of course, Couples Therapy with her, well, I would say Jubu, Andy Beckerman. Uh, Naomi, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Hallie. How exciting to think that I would I would be filling in for the great Allison Libby. I'm honored. Filling her Gucci loafs. <laughs> well, let me, before we get started, I wanted to ask, what is your relationship with horror movies? Like, do you, are you a horror person? Is sometimes, are there certain kinds you just have no interest in? I like horror movies strictly as a communal viewing process. I will okay. not watch it alone. I do like what yes. it is to like be with a group of people and put on something. Mm-hmm. However, you know, the Jubu you mentioned, he doesn't like horror movies. So like I don't yeah. really have much of a chance to watch them. Not because they scare him, but for him he's like, uh-huh. Like it doesn't. Right. Like it actually moves him in no way, you know? Yeah. So the last time I was able to watch a horror movie, some friends uh, had a few people over, and we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, and Jennifer's okay. Body back to back. Okay, great, a great double feature. What were your thoughts? Um, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so this is the original, <laughs> you know, from the 70s. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is hysterical yeah. and also bloody. It's gnarly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I would call it particularly scary, but it yeah. is grotesque. Absolutely. Grotesque. But then also it was, like, very funny to me. And this is, I think, why I like horror movies. <laughs> because what was funny to me is that everyone just kept going to Leatherface's house. And he was so yeah. busy and frazzled. Did you notice it was like he kept running around his house because, like, people kept showing up and he wasn't ready. You're absolutely right. I mean, he was having a big dinner party, his whole family or whoever those people were. You know, like, I get it. I'm the same way when I have people over. You know, I'm sure he was just, you know, last-minute touches, uh, putting blood in a bucket or whatever he does. <laughs> Well, it felt like his house was an Etsy store. Do you know what I mean? Everything made of bones uh-huh. and feathers. I was like, <laughs> would purchase from his Etsy shop if I was a woman in Santa Fe. I mean, yeah, just like I've been working all day on my skull candelabra, <laughs> and then you invite a woman over. I'm not prepared. <laughs> I get it. I'd be frazzled exactly. too. Um, and speaking mm. of um, watch of uh, the movie we are doing this week um, was a, a movie selected by Naomi, and it is of course um, Drag Me to Hell which I had not seen until I just watched it for the pod. And what made you interested in that movie? 
I also had like never seen it and wasn't sure what it was about. But then mm-hmm. I remember people saying it was like a good horror movie. Great. And by people, I mean maybe the internet. <laughs> you know, no one personally. I don't think the I don't think my phone was blowing up with texts about dragging me to hell, but it sounded familiar and like something people mm-hmm. thought was good. Yes. And I had no idea what it was about. So I was like, this is the one Hallie will walk me through. Absolutely. I will say this is directed by Sam Raimi, who famously is the director of the Mm -hmm. Evil Dead trilogy. We did the original Evil Dead. Fabulous. Wonderful. I'll be honest, I didn't care for this movie as much, but we'll get into why. (laughs) But I will say part of the difficulty I have with this movie is there's uh, the main character is a loan officer at a bank. Naomi, I don't know yes. anything about it. So when we are constantly talking about her job, I'm literally like writing like file cases, like trying to explain <laughs> what, a, what a loan officer does at the bank becomes an onerous <laughs> part of watching this movie. Like it's so much about the bank. Um, and then it's also, of course, uh, about, um, you know, being cursed to hell. Um, what do you think about the trailer to Drag Me to Hell? Well, as soon as, you know, I saw the trailer... You know, and again, I think you're right. It's like, I, the premise being that she would not let a demon stay in their house just felt mm-hmm. like I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Am I so, first of all, you think I care about a blonde loan officer? I go drag her, well, bitch, drag absolutely. her. That's a great, okay. and I'll tell you, that's a huge point of this movie too, where I'm like, well, I mean, if it had to happen to someone, you know. <laughs> but then also my big problem, less so than that was, if you're an all-powerful demon who can drag people to hell, why can't you pay your bills? I feel like there must wow. be a way you could put a magic hex right. this on is the an book. See what I mean? Hex the bank. Hex yeah. your Bank of America account number to look like it has money. I don't get why you can't this say This is an incredible yes. point. You're absolutely right. If you could do a curse, can't you do a blessing? You know what I mean? Like, what's the opposite of a curse? Yes. Or curse someone else that yes. they lose all their money that goes to you. You're this is you're already undermining the very thin plot of Drag Me to Hell, but that's <laughs> a really good point. Um, we also like to take a baseline scary before we get into it, and it's kind of hard with this one because um, I guess it's like how scary do you find the concept of making a very what seems like a minor ethical mistake or a, a, a minor bad ethical judgment, and then mm-hmm. having that um, ruined your life. How 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 does that strike you? Um, it strikes me. I'm scared. Have you ever made an ethical mistake, Naomi? Absolutely, okay. at all okay. times. I mean, look, it does have me quaking in my boots. Yes. I also wish that like this woman could actually go and do this to a lot of other people and institutions. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's like of all the people that need to be targeted by a supernatural curse. I just don't feel like even a bad loan officer, I mean, maybe a terrible, but actually, now I say this, maybe a bad loan officer, but you're right. There are a lot of people in a lot of different positions who would be better served by this <laughs> being, you know, dragged into hell. Um, that's a really good point. Um, and then based solely on what you know so far, would you like to guess the twist and drag me to hell? Guess the twist. The twist is that she is the Baba Yaga herself, meaning that our main girl okay, is great. actually, like, is the evil. That is my twist. Yes. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. And again, probably that would be more satisfying than what actually happened. So let us begin <laughs> by spoiler, ruining Drag Me to Hell. 
Okay, so we open on it's Pasadena, 1969. Wow. And there is a, a Latin couple rushing their son to see a medium, like a young woman named Sean Sandina. And she's like a, you know, Latina woman in her 20s. Mm-hmm. The name Sean Sandina sounds like it's a Kyle Mooney character <laughs> who, like, lives in San Diego. So every time they say Sean Sandina, I'm like, oh, yeah, remember Sean Sandina from high school? Like, it's such a funny bro name. <laughs> It, that this, like, the the one of the magical figures has to have in this movie. To me, it sounds like the name of, like, that would be the name of a pop star now. You know what I mean? Like, a cool girl yes. pop star. It's like Ariana yes. Grande and Sean and Cindina opening at the Nassau yeah. Coliseum. Absolutely. So we open on her. Her house is insane. It's gorgeous. Apparently, she's a very successful medium. <laughs> and the couple rushes their kid in, and his name is Juan. And um, they are like, okay, for the last few nights, he's been hearing voices. He fears that something is coming for him. And, and Sean Sandina says, what did your son do? And they, they look at each other and they re- admit he stole a silver necklace from a gypsy caravan. <laughs> there is a lot of talk about gypsies that simply, this came out in 2009. I was like, I don't, this is rooted in some very seemingly um, archaic ideas of what kind of powers people who we have been calling gypsies uh-huh. have. So I'm, I'm going to steer away from the term. Obviously, but like it's um, insane. Like it's just sort of like what a what a wild thing to make in two thousand nine. Um, <laughs> their son stole a necklace. They tried to return it, but the caravan refused to take <gasps> it. Sean, Sean Sandina invites them in, and when they reveal the necklace, they say, well, we have right here, a black fly sort of buzzes out of the cloth and starts into Sean Sandina's face. What? So she knows we have to perform a ceremony. Yeah. So they they put Juan on a table, and she starts burning sage. Immediately, a demonic force just sweeps through the room. There's so many drapes. It's all <laughs> curtains and drapes in this movie, like billowing, cackling, screaming. And the, the it knocks the parents over, and it sweeps a little boy over the second-story landing, where he falls what? to the floor. Luckily, he's, he's alive. Okay. Naomi, he's alive. However, the floor underneath him starts to crack away, revealing what? the flames of hell. And <laughs> arms raise out of the pit and grabs him, a child— and he screams at you to may help me as right. he's pulled into hell. And then the floor seals over what? him. And Sean Sandina looks down and says, we will meet again to the evil force. Does that seem a, Does that seem like something like, okay, yes, children are going to misbehave. Yes, he stole a necklace. You're going to make him go to hell forever? That this is un- a unfair. petty demon. These demons are petty. Exactly. They're oversensitive. Because you can't tell me kids take stuff just because it's shiny. And you're saying you won't take it back? He tried to give it to you and you wouldn't take it back. That's on you. You know what I'm saying? It'd be different if, like, the parents were like, oh, we didn't know he took it and now we found out. But you tried to return it and y'all said no backseas just so you could take Who wants a nine-year-old in hell? He gonna complain the whole time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, somebody has to watch out for him. So does to take care of him. (laughs) So that sets up where it's like, that's the level of demon, or like, of, like, insanity we're talking about is, like, it's not even like, oh, I, you know, famously Stephen King's Thinner, you hit someone with your car, their dad puts a curse on you. Okay, that sort of makes more sense to me. You know what I mean? You kill somebody, there's a curse. A child takes something and then returns it, which is simply the nature of childhood. Yeah. And he, that poor boy has to spend his, his life in hell. <laughs> By life, I guess I mean afterlife. It's, it's never going to end. Wow. So we, we were on the opening credits, and we see sort of like an illustrated Bible sort of setting up what's going to happen in the movie, and we see that there's a curse and the curse takes three days to develop. Mm. And we find ourselves in gorgeous downtown Los Angeles <laughs> in 2009. Oh! Gorgeous! And our protagonist 
gorgeous. Oh, I mean, wall-to-wall traffic. It's gray. <laughs> we see the highway. And Christina's driving to work, and she's listening to diction lessons. I don't know why. Her diction is good. Um, but, you know, she's she, somebody who has sort of a, a hillbilly past, and she's going to okay. constantly be trying to, like, better herself and seems like seem like a city gal. And she arrives at her work at the bank. And I'm going to do my absolute best with explaining what her job is and how the bank works. It's, it is so much. Okay, so she arrives at Wilshire Pacific Bank. She is a loan officer. And we established that she is gunning for a, a, the most illustrious title there is, assistant manager. <laughs> and her boss... I mean, that's what we're talking about. These are the stakes here. They are high as hell. You could be the assistant manager. You'll do what it takes. Um... And her boss, Mr. Jax, tells Christine, well, you know, I've almost decided on the job between you and Stu. That was in the trailer, Stu's yes. sort of like a squirrely. You see Stu, yeah. and she, you know, and he's, and her boss is so mean and rude. And it, based on the trailer, I assume he has asked <laughs> her out socially once, and she said no, which is why he's mean to her. I'm almost shocked that they don't make that a plot point, because, like, she's obviously, like, this, like, stunning movie star blonde in, like, a normal bank, you know that boss would have been, you know what I mean? Like, this he's drunk, like, oh, you remember me and my wife when, when I was young. Whatever, something inappropriate. Um, Christine's like, well, I was here longer than Stu. And she's very, like, nervous, and she's not assertive, which also she'll have to learn to be, you know, because she's going to have to fight the devil during the show, during the movie. And Mr. Jack's like, well, Stu might be newer, but he's not afraid to make the tough decisions. And, I, and that's what we like to see here at the Wilshire Pacific Bank, Christine. <laughs> Um, Dan, insult to injury, she's going to go uh, meet her boyfriend for lunch, and Mr. Jax and Stu are like, oh, could you pick up sandwiches on the way back? So now she's getting them lunch. What? I know. So, Christine, you can see, oh you know, she's, my she feels like, I need I need things to move along. She goes and meets up with her boyfriend, Clay, played by Justin Long. Couldn't be nicer. Okay, I was going to ask boyfriend. you was it was him. Because you see yes. him, like, you see them in bed, but only for, like, a second in the trailer. And I thought, is that Justin Long? She's beside, is he the evil spirit? Because I wouldn't be surprised by that either, you know? Yes, that's true. Well, we'll see what happens. But he is, at the beginning, a perfect movie boyfriend. We see Christine. She's okay. fixing his printer. We know she's handy. And <laughs> Christine, at I guess at the bank, somebody gave, like, she noticed that somebody, uh, when they were getting changed, there was a rare coin. So she brings it to Clay in an envelope. And he says, oh, it's a 1929 standing Liberty nickel. And at this point, I'm like, these people are too normal. You know what I mean? Like, these, it's like... You got something weird has to be going on with them. I we can't be also all this and then collecting coins, but that's where we're at so far. And when Christine's leaving, she hears Clay get a phone call from his mother Trudy, and he and Christine are planning to have dinner with his parents who live somewhere close to LA. Trudy and, and Leonard. Oh my God, Leonardo. His name is Leonard. Naomi. <laughs> his, yeah. I don't know why I was trying to give this man airs. Um, they're going to meet up with his parents. And on the phone, she's like, oh, um, what's the name of your girlfriend again? That You know, the one that was raised on a farm and is so mean. Trudy. About the concept that Christine was raised on a farm. It's like, what is wrong with a farm? Bitch, you have to eat food. Like, grow up. But now, Holly, were you like, offended as someone who was raised on a farm? I sure was. <laughs> I grew up around horses and, and pigs and goats, and, and I. What's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing wrong with that. She's not going to bring it to dinner. Like, come on. I know. Um, you think she's going to show up in muddy overalls, being like, "I sure do love your son." <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, sorry, I need to slop the hogs during dinner. <laughs> um, Clay's like, you know, she's great. We've been going out for a year, so I don't know why you're acting like this. And Trudy's like, well, I think you should go out with you know my friend's daughter. Amy, she's a successful lawyer. Obviously, they're a rich family, and they 
it, it's not simply just the farm, it's the class thing. It's like, she works yeah. at a bank. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's yeah. a loan officer, which apparently is bad. I don't even know. So She's gunning she for assistant that. manager, mom. Exactly. She's, She's got big dreams. So Christine hears that. So the stuff's still going on at work. And then she also hears like, great, Clay's parents already fucking hate me because I was raided. I grew up on a farm. So she goes back. Stu immediately complains that Christine got his lunch order wrong. He's like, I said no mayo. He didn't say it. And Christine no. kind of was like, well, you didn't say it. And Stu's like, oh, wow, like he's going to be the real. It's like, don't worry about it. Stu's the relaxed one. Anyways, I hate Stu. And <laughs> he and Mr. Jack's like roll their eyes like, oh, can you believe Christine over here? Uh, later, Christine sees Stu give Mr. Jack's a pair of Laker tickets. And he's like, oh, I, I can't go if you just want to have them. Obviously, he's gunning for the assistant manager role. Yeah. She's like, I got to yeah. do something. But she doesn't have time to fume, <laughs> uh, Naomi. Because she turns and there's a pair of nails tapping on her desk. And they are oh, filthy, long, oh, covered no. in, they're gargoyle talons, Naomi. <laughs> Everyone in this movie looks like a Gap ad. And then we meet Mrs. Sylvia Ganoush, Mrs. Ganoush, who is oh, my God. from a fairy tale. Yeah, like right. a, she's a, a babushka. She's got one yeah. bleached out eye. And these long she is a crone. nails. She's a crow. In a way that yeah. you know, in LA we don't we, we don't allow them. But even in a, a, a normal, it's like she's leaning into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's crowning yeah. up uh, what's already there. Um, she yeah, like instead of yesification, it's like the opposite of that. It's like chronification. <laughs> so she tells Christine, you know, you're, uh, and I'm not going to do the accent because there's a lot of accents that I need here in this movie. Yeah. She's like, you know, uh, your bank's trucks are at my house packing up my things. I need you to make them stop. And she hands Christine a fistful of paper. And then also Mrs. Ganoush is coughing yellow liquid into a handkerchief. And there's so much Absolutely wet not. sound. You would have, I, I, I've been watching this. I was like, oh, Naomi would hate this. Like just like phlegm sounds, like wet Ouch. mouth sounds. Ouch. Yeah. First of all, you and I, we need to take this outside. You cannot be this close <laughs> to me across the desk. No, not We're now. Right, this is a phlegm? Yeah. This is how you oh. know this is before 2020. This is, People would be like, you have to go outside or put a mask on. Um, Christine <laughs> looks at the papers and it says, like, I'm sorry, your house is getting repossessed. Like, you've been so behind the mortgages. We've already given you two extensions. But because Christine is a decent person, you know, she's like, I will talk to Mr. Jacks about this and see if we can get you another extension. Also, it's like, you can excited all she, she wants. She's 80 years old. She's not working again. Thank you. you. Know I'm like, like this she, she ain't going to get the money from nowhere. And this is an indictment of the housing system where it's just sort of like, sure. you think an 80-year-old woman, let her just die in that house. Like, let her have the house. Exactly. How yeah. many, and then take, I don't know, whatever. It's just cruel. And I think that's the point of this is sort of we're setting yes. up that she's a tool of a cruel system. Christine yes. didn't invent it, but... So Christine goes in and she's like, look, she's she's unwell. Like, she, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, could we give her another extension? And Mr. Jack's like, listen, I mean, we already gave her two. And this is a situation. If we get the house, we actually get to keep the equity. So it's like very profitable to the bank. And, you know, I think you might need to make some make some tough decisions. But this is your call. Uh, so Christine uh, is so desperate. like mm -hmm. She's so desperate for, again, assistant manager. <laughs> and she knows that Stu is, he's way out ahead with those Lakers tickets. She says, I'll take care of it. She goes to Mrs. Ganoush and says, I'm sorry, an extension is out of the question. Your house is going to be repossessed. Mrs. Ganoush drops to her knees, sobbing. Yes. She's begging yes. her, please. She's wiping on her skirt in the trailer. Yes. Like, wiping her face on her skirt. And I just thought, again, it's like, Miss Baba Ganoush, Hetty, yeah. I don't think wiping your phlegm on her skirt is going to get you what you want. Exactly. And Mrs. Ganoush grabs Christine's skirt and Christine like calls for security. 
And everyone in the bank kind of turns, and Mrs. Ganoush realizes it and says, mm -hmm. you shame me. I beg you, and you shame me? And Rasheed, of course, is like, um, I I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, whatever. And at that moment, when security is sort of walking Mrs. Ganoush out, Mrs. Ganoush lunges at Christine, screaming at her, and is finally dragged away. And Mr. Jackson Mealy comes over and tells Christine, you handled that just right. It's like, even if <laughs> she had to do it, it's like, that was a whole mess. And we see Miss Ganesh outside her. I know. She's near her car. It's like from the 70s. It's yellow. She's clearly unwell. She's having a coughing fit alone in the parking lot. It's so sad. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Mr. Mr. Jacks, and again, Naomi, I'm, I'm fighting to explain this part. Mr. Jacks oh. says, wow, I really appreciate all the work you've done in the McPherson file. So could you finish that file? Because I want to present it to the vice pre president next tomorrow. That is what I think is happening. What? I was what struggling she to be like, approves loans. What is there to do to a file? Her job is literally to be like, you can have our money. And then if you don't give it back, we're going to take your stuff. Naomi, I unfortunately, they will explain more later about this particular file. So we'll get to that. But yes, he needs her to finish something up so that we can like, you know, talk about it with the vice uh, uh, president tomorrow. And he tells her that assistant manager job, you're at the top of the list now. After you kicked out this elderly <laughs> woman, apparently. <laughs> Christine is the Ooh. last to leave. And the parking lot is like terrifying. It's a parking lot like the, in L.A., every parking lot is open to the air, yeah. you know, basically. This is, you know, sealed up as if you're in Cleveland or something, like they're expecting heavy rains. <laughs> and she sees Mrs. Ganoush's car there and hears an <laughs> ominous, violent hacking and then oh, sees no. Mrs. Ganoush's filthy handkerchief blowing onto her windshield. And the handkerchief is kind of a motif we see a lot in the movie. Yeah. When she yeah. turns to see the, the handkerchief, Mrs. Ganoush is in the back seat. And she tells Christine, what? you shamed me. And then she grabs Christine's hair and wrenches her head back, screaming. Wow. Christine's like flailing around. She's trying to, she has like yes. office supplies in her bag, grabs a stapler and just starts smashing the stapler in Mrs. Ganoush's face. Naomi, she staples one of Mrs. Ganoush's eyes oh closed. Oh my God. Also, like Hallie. this woman is unwell. How is she fighting an able bodied younger person in hand to hand combat, close distance? It makes no sense. Well, this Christina is how you makes, know she's she's not who she yes. seems. This is how we knew exactly. Miss Bob Ganoush is not who she seems. <laughs> um, she they uh, so Christine makes another terrible decision, which is she puts the car in a park and starts driving in order to essentially try to like knock Mrs. Uh, like Ganoush out. I don't know. And oh. she decides she Christine puts on her seatbelt and then to get Mrs. Ganoush off of her, drives into another car, sending Mrs. Ganoush flying. Into the dashboard, dashboard what? shattering her dentures. So there are teeth, fake teeth flying everywhere. Oh, leaving my her dentures God. like dentures like a ragged piranha mouth. Ew. Um, her her dentures in their melee. The dentures come out, and with that, Mrs. Gnu leans over and latches onto Christine's chin with her toothless <gasps> mouth. Sucking oh. and like holding her there for dear Ew, life while they fight. Happening? I know. I was like, I don't know if this is scary, but this is the worst shit I've ever seen. I will say that. Yeah. Awful. During the, in order to get off her, Christine manages to push Mrs. Ganoush away, grabs a ruler, and stabs it in Mrs. Ganoush's throat. This does what? not stop her. This woman is still going. Christine is finally able to open the door and get Mrs. Ganoush out. And she, she says, I beat you, you old bitch. Of course, Miss Ganoush <laughs> grabs 
lifts up a concrete block, which I guess was just there, smashes wow. the passenger side window and drags Christine Ooh. out onto the ground, presumably to beat her, I don't, to death, I don't know. And of course, Christine sort of cringes and Mrs. Gadoosh leans down and takes one button off her coat. And we see her, mm. at least partly in Hungarian, according to Amazon, over the button. We see her chanting. And it's Christine's vision blurs. We see Mrs. Ganoush gives her back the button. And she tells her, Soon it will be you who comes begging to me. And a fly lands on Christine's eyelid. And then Mrs. Ganoush oh. is gone. She's gone. Sometime later, She's called the cops. The cops are there. Clay arrives and he rushes her. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, we'll take a report. I can't believe this woman assaulted you. Like they're going to go to her house to deal with her. This is, must have been so terrifying. And, and you know, I was like, yeah, it was really scary. Um, I probably It's probably just a normal thing that happens, right? Like she's ignoring all of the like, you stabbed her in the mouth of the ruler. She had right. preternatural strength. She was able to lift a concrete block. Like, she's ignoring all these signs right. where it's like, well, this is not normal, you know? Right, right. This is but not Clay, your of typical course, old lady who's, like, coughing into a rag. Exactly. And Clay's very sympathetic. He's like, let's go to, to your house. And, like, I'm so sorry, you know, whatever. And as they're walking to his car, the wind blows a pile of dead leaves past her. And Christine can hear voices in it. And she looks, and they're standing in front of a fortune teller. And she's like, this is very weird, but I want to get my fortune read. Oh. And he's like, is this about being assaulted? Like, I, you know, <laughs> we should just go home and relax. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what, like, are you, do you want to, are you afraid it's going to happen again? But she says, no, I want to go. And they meet Ram Joss, who I guess is like a play on like Ram Doss, Like the, oh, I guess it's no. like a These new age. These names are terrible. Okay. I just want to tell you that every name is like first draft. You're talking Mrs. Goodoosh. Yeah. Ram Joss. Um, Sean Sandine. You... Ron Shen Sandina. And Ron Joss. Sandina. It's like, what is happening? It also is very much like there is anyone who is a person of color or in any way ethnic has a certain strain of magic powers that this uh-huh. white woman has to come and consult with. So we've got the original, you know, European, we got the Hungarian, obviously an immigrant woman in Mrs. Ganesh, Mrs. Ganesh, and then Sean Sandina, you know, Latin American. And now Ram Joss is, uh, you know, presumably Indian, Pakistani. Like, she's she's basically going to a buffet of different belief systems throughout the movie for help or or for to fight their evil powers. It's it's a lot, and the, the only the only safe space really is the bank. Unfortunately, you know, read into that as you will. And even that eventually gets uh, you know gets more complicated there. And Clay's like, "Oh my god, it's gonna be sixty dollars." Okay, and uh, they Clay. sit down. I know, and he's sitting in the back. He's fuming because as we find out, he's a philo- um, a psychology professor. So he's like, "This is all bullshit." Like uh-huh. he's just gonna take your money and like he's gonna use the fact that you were just assaulted and like tell you whatever and you know you're why go right now? But she says, "No, mm-hmm. I have to go." So um, and they sort of have like a tete a tete about you know like Clay's like, "Well, uh, Freud says destiny is not an act of fate." Rather, it's something created by our subconscious to control our conscious choices. So you can't really know fate. You can't really know destiny. Hmm. And Ram says, mm-hmm. ah, but we cannot attempt to understand the world by intellect alone, which plays like, oh, Carl Jung. And Christine's like, everyone shut the fuck up and tell me what is <laughs> I need to know if I'm actually going to be in a terrible situation here. Ram <laughs> says, okay, great. I could tell you work with money. 
something was taken from you. And she's like, I don't think so. And he's like, it's something small. And she goes, oh my God, the button. And Clay's like, obviously, he can see that your coat is missing a button. Anyone can see that. He's just like, you know, riffing. And he takes her hand and then suddenly Rob Joss looks terrified and sort of Mm. a breeze blows through the room. Uh And he Uh leaps back, seeing the image of a demon. And he tries to compose himself. He's like, okay, um, I'm going to refund your money. I must be too tired (laughs) to uh, do this. And Christine's like, I know you saw something. You literally screamed and jumped (laughs) out of your seat. Like, you can't pretend to be. And he says, a dark spirit has come upon you. Did you blast from the dead while visiting a graveyard? Who are these people? What Why would someone do did that? Did you blaspheme the dead <laughs> while visiting a graveyard? I hope not. While I guess it probably has happened. That's he said, "Did you play?" He's with like, a- "That's the most common cause." Is exactly. Graveyard? First did you come from a graveyard? Yeah. The second one is, "Did you play with a Ouija board?" Which I probably imagine it happens more often. Yeah. And then he says, "Or perhaps someone." has cursed you. Of course, Christine's like, oh, it's probably that one. I didn't do the other ones. <laughs> and so Christine is, of course, freaking out. Clay's like, he's a scam artist. Like, he, th- th- it's what they all do. They all, like, tell you you have to come back and spend more money. And she's like, I don't know. And so he drops off, and he has to go meet the tow truck driver. He's like, I'm going to be back in an hour, tops. Please just relax. And we see her baking a cake. And it's sort of like that's her re- relaxation is cooking. Okay. Unfortunately... The wind starts to blow through the house again. And uh, we sort of ominously see some shadows creeping around. Well, we see her, that she's working from like an old um, cookbook. And inside of it that falls out is a little picture of like little fat Christine when she was a kid. And she was winning, she won Pork Queen Fair 1995. And there's a picture of her with her ribbon Did you say and her pork pig. With a K? Pork Queen. She was one. She, I, I, the sign says Pork Queen Fair 1995. So I don't know if she was named Pork Queen or if the fair itself was called Pork Queen. But either way, she used to raise hogs. And then this is the first time I was ever interested in anything in this movie. She takes a photo and she crumples it up in her fist. And, and Naomi, I was like, oh, that's interesting. That implies yeah, that yeah. we're going to find out something about her past, about her childhood, about the farm. That was the first, like, internal, like, oh, this character has some substance to it. More right, so than the, right. any of the spooky stuff. I'm right, like, okay, right, why'd right. she crumple that up? Uh, unfortunately, we don't have time to get into it right now because she hears the <laughs> creaking of the gate. And when she goes to the front door, wind just explodes through the window, zooms through the house, Wait, and whips question, the kitchen. Though. Yes. I what What is her living situation? When, like, they're back at her house, does she have oh, a— sure. She's in, like, an old-timey L.A. apartment— she is living in a full house. It's they're obviously like in Echo Park or Silver what? Lake, like up in the sort of like um those like windy little streets. She lives because I thought, oh, they live together. Naomi, yeah. they she lives alone. Clay is a different place. It is oh a full house. God. There's like a gate. There's a backyard with a shed. They wow. and she's again a loan officer. So I'm like, is Clay yeah. paying for the house? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what. <laughs> Presuming he's rich, maybe that's what's going on. So I don't know. Maybe. But it's, anyways, it's, it's it must be because it's a full it is a full house in Silver Lake. You see her go to the Echo Park um, pawn shop later. You oh, know God. she's this is not a place that's cheap. Maybe it was cheaper in two thousand nine. You know. Yeah, but, um, but still, that would have as to be a loan magic. officer. I mean, remember she's just trying to be yes. an assistant manager, so she ain't ha- she don't make no good money. She's on like exactly. twelve an hour, fifteen an hour max. 
Yeah, we, this is like when we did um, Malignant, and we always talk about James Wan as the um, Nancy Myers of horror interiors, where the main <laughs> character is a nurse, which is I mean a great job and can pay very well. Has like a four-story Victorian home. It's like yes. well, who? In, 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 especially outside of a major city, you know what right. I mean? There's just no way, right. no hu- right. normal human can afford that. Um, this this demonic force sweeps through the house. It's invisible, but it scares the cat. It smashes the back window and knocks all the pots and pans around. And as she looks on in horror, the shadows of the trees lingering in the kitchen, they form the head of a goat with lunges at Christine, shrieking. Naomi, I have to ask you at this point in the film, what would you do? What would you do? If the shadows formed a head of a goat and that head (laughs) came towards me. Is that what you're telling me? What would you do? Or just in general, if you believe that you perhaps have been cursed due to a, I think, I would agree, a regrettable decision, professional decision at the bank, but perhaps you have been cursed, what would you do? What what counsel would you seek out? What would be your plan? Well, I guess if the best option is Ram Joss, I'd have to go talk to him. I would also maybe go back to the bank and get this lady's address. Because to me, I will say this. Mm -hmm. I think you might have gotten cursed when you started to beat her with a stapler. There was a chance where maybe you could have just mm-hmm. let yourself get beat up a little bit and been done with it. <laughs> That's but I true. think the yeah. moment you stapled her eyeball, she was like, oh, no, we we dragging her to hell. Yeah. We're dragging her to hell. Absolutely, because then it's like, oh, she didn't curse her when she was initially in the bank. Exactly. So there, it, there was maybe a little bit of chance. Yeah, maybe she just wanted to kick her ass a little bit. and and Because I imagine she's not putting this curse on everybody, and this, this can't be the first time she's gotten bad news, you know? Right. So maybe her default <laughs> is to just think. absolutely wail on people. Right. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood, she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. So Christine, of course, screams. She hits the deck, but all the lights come back on and the evil is gone. Clay comes home and he's like, what the fuck happened? Like, <laughs> uh, did this woman come to the house? And he's like, I'm calling the cops. She can't do this. Like, And she's like, it wasn't her. I, I didn't see anybody. She's like, well, you said the lights got turned off. And so they hire a doctor. Naomi, the doctor makes a house call. What? Which I'm like, what, what era are we supposed to be in? And he tells Clay, again, like it's the 50s, he's talking to the boyfriend. He's like, you know, this right. could be a result of her being attacked earlier in the day. Maybe she's having like a, you know, a PTSD reaction. And even Christine buys it because Christine is in deep denial. She does mm-hmm. not want to believe that what well, we already know. She's, she's absolutely been cursed. This is all so she says, the first day, though? Like, you're telling the me. The first day. This she is was, the same day. This is, this is crazy. So basically, the end of the workday, which is a late day, she fights a woman. Mm-hmm. Clay picks yeah. her up. She gets her fortune read. Then she goes back home, starts to yes. make a cake. This is all that day. 
Right. As, as far as we're to know, it's like 10 p.m. at this point. <laughs> yeah, she's been going nonstop. And she says, oh, I'm embarrassed. I thought, you know, I just think I, 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 I probably made this up in my head, which is like, again, but that's what they teach women. Like, yeah. oh, you probably make it up in your head, you know. And he's like, you do not have to feel bad or embarrassed. Like, this was a horrible day. Why don't we this weekend go to my parents' cabin in Santa Barbara and just get away? Which sounds great. Okay. And she's like, thank you. I appreciate it. That night as they sleep, a black fly buzzes in the window oh. and goes up Christine's nose. And we can hear it echoing in her skull, no. and then it crawls no, down out. the other nostril. I'm out. This I is what out. I don't like, okay? Yeah, it's I do. Not, you wouldn't care for it, yeah. I don't like that kind of stuff, like a fly yes. in somebody's nose. For some reason, then that's, like, gonna way hate grosser this to me. That's, like, I grosser agree. to me. All that kind of stuff is grosser than, like, if you stab someone a bunch, you know, or, like, right. pushed them out a window. Uh, completely. Um, well, unfortunately, the fly craw- crawls back out of her other nostril, and then crawls into her throat. Ah! And she wakes up coughing, but Naomi, we don't see the fly come back out. So the fly went into her stomach, I guess. And she, she lays back down. She swallowed the spider to catch the fly. <laughs> this is that story. That's that low. Exactly. Uh-huh. So she lays wow. back down, and she turns to Clay, who's asleep beside her. Suddenly, Clay has transformed into Mrs. Ganoush, who lunges oh, at Christine, and you're going to hate this, gets on top of her, and then vomits gallons of maggots into Christine's face. Like an unbelievable waterfall of maggots. Why would you tell me that? I'm sorry. I was dismayed to see it myself. I was very distraught. It was See, this is what happens. Sam Raimi, he's just like, because he's been doing this for so long, he's like, what can I do? And I think he just has like a Rolodex of gross shit. And it's like, what haven't I done yet? He goes, uh, waterfall of maggots. Well, it's only going to get worse from here because oh. the next day she goes into work, of course, at the bank, and she sits down. And when she sits down, she can hear the fly buzzing, like, in her stomach. Like, it's alive in her body. Oh but she doesn't even God. have time to deal with this because she do's yeah. in her face. He's like, um, can you finish teaching me how to do that, the loans or whatever, like, some tasks? <laughs> she's like, excuse me, Stu. I'm very busy. Let's do it later. And Stu's like, oh, okay, I'll just— Tell Mr. Jax you're overwhelmed and overworked and you can't handle the responsibility. Uh, I know. Stew. See, we need to curse his ass. This way. Exactly. See. Can we transfer curses? Can she cough up the fly, put it in Stew's stomach and nose? Because I think that him and Mr. Jax need to be cursed. I think that you might exactly know where this movie is headed. (laughs) If you think if that seems like a good idea, guess what? It's gonna occur to Christine at a certain point. So um, you know, she's trying to help, uh, like, uh, Stu, and Stu's tapping his fingers. And when he, but when he, she looks at his fingers, they are Mrs. Ganoush's fingers with the long, gnarly oh. fingernails. And she panics, and she gets up, and she screams, get your filthy pig knuckles off my desk. And everyone what? looks at her. Pig knuckles. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, she startled herself. And she steps oh back, and Christine's nose starts bleeding. <gasps> Naomi? Mr. Jax comes over to help her, like, oh, Christine, are you okay? Christine's mouth open, mouth opens, and she proceeds to vomit gallons of blood all over Mr. Jax and her desk and all of her files. Everyone in the bank is freaking out. And in the melee, she runs out. Nobody even says, like, I'm calling 911. You're clearly, like, do you have some sort of, like, internal bleeding? She runs out. It's insane. And in the melee... Stu comes over and steals the McPherson file off her desk. 
Is it you blood? You coworker. Did he pick up blood no, it's soaked the- vial? No, it's 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 in one of those laminated folders. So luckily, it was productive. No, I think it was like over on a side table. But I had the same thought because I was like, "What is he taking?" I'm like, "Oh, right, the McPherson file that we mentioned earlier." And I guess it's a part of this. It's like, girl, she's vomiting blood. Don't you're such a you're so desperate to be assistant manager that when your coworker is bleeding out, seemingly, you're gonna steal their work. You're a piece of shit, Stu. Wow. So finally. Christine takes her advice and goes to Mrs. Ganusha's house to be like, okay, what can I do? And yeah. she finds her granddaughter, Alinka, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, yeah, my grandma told you about you. You're the one who helped the bank take her house. And she's like, actually, it was the bank that took the house. I mean, I, I, I just worked there. In fact, I tried to help your grandma get the house back, but my boss wouldn't let me. Are you going to stand here on my porch and lie to my face? You're here because you think you can make everything right. And Christine's like, I can. I will make it right. I will work to get the house back for your mother. It's not too late. I can do it. And Linka looks at her and says, you were a fat girl, weren't you? <laughs> Christine's like, I was. Because of the one photo, she's a little fat. But also, she's like 11. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you can't call someone who's 11 fat. You know what I mean? It's like, you're right. just going through puberty. But Linka <laughs> invites her in. And inside, Christine finds a party. There's drinking, a table full of food, music. And at the head of the table is a chalice. And in the chalice is um, Mrs. Ganusha's uh, handkerchief. Because unfortunately, oh. Naomi, there she's at Mrs. Ganusha's home funeral. And isn't that wow. wasn't bad enough to realize that she's dead. Christine trips and falls onto Mrs. Ganusha's body in the coffin, which then what? tips over. <laughs> You're going to hate this so much. What? So the coffin tips over. And Mrs. Ganusha's body falls, of course, onto Christine. No. Her mouth falls open onto her no. chin again and then just starts dumping all this green liquid. I'm like, is that a Why is it green liquid? Into Christine's mouth and eyes. Hallie. Hallie. I, I'm against it. I stand Hallie. strongly against it. Hallie. I know. Hallie, what is Preaching with the, the motif of liquids? In so many faces, liquids. Okay. We have had oh, yeah. Maggot Mountain. We've had mm. yellow kerchief. <laughs> We've had uh, blood coming from Christine. Now you're telling me green liquid? Like what? I am dismayed. Up with ooze? Is this fucking, you can't do that on television? Why has she got green liquid in her and she's already dead? I'm extremely dismayed to tell you it's only going to get worse. And they pull Mrs. Ganusha's corpse off of Christine, who's obviously freaked out. And Lincoln tells her, you know, just so you know, you deserve everything that's coming to you. I was like, oh, <laughs> Linka. So Christine goes back to talk to Ram Joss. You know, he's like, I'll be honest, um, I've done a little research since you came last yesterday, last night. Yesterday. I think you're dealing with, exactly. uh, yeah. So this is uh, uh, essentially 24 hours after the fact. So the second day. <laughs> it's like, I think you're dealing with a Lamia. And, and Christine's like, you know, I think Mrs. Ganush did say that. That was one of the words she said. And he's like, okay, well, I got bad news. Lamia is the black goat, and it's only summoned by gypsies for their darkest deeds. Which, again, is like, okay, there. We're just assuming they're going to do dark deeds. <laughs> for three days, it torments the victim. And then it takes the soul of the owner of the cursed object. And she's like, oh, my God. She took the button and gave it back to me. That's the cursed object. And she's like, I'll just destroy it. And Ram says, you would still be the owner, so you can't destroy it. Like, they won't do anything. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you recommend? It's like, well, I've been doing some research, and I would say the thing to start with is a blood sacrifice of an animal. 
And Christine's like, I'm a vegetarian. Like, this is sick. Like, this can't be what? real. I can't do that. And Ram says, you'll be surprised what you'll be willing to do when the Lamia comes for you. And he gives her what? a book. I love a horror movie with a book. I love a horror movie that has a book with all the information you need. And it is called Animal Sacrifices in the Service of Deities. Shut up. So I'm thinking, okay, either she's going she's gonna to buy a chicken, maybe you can eat yeah. it afterwards, or she's going to go home, and, or she's going to go to the pet store, I'm sorry, get a snake or something, yeah. something you don't know, at home. She's sitting there reading the book, and she starts looking at her own cat. And I wanted to ask you, what did you do Girl. if you came home and you saw Andy reading that book? <laughs> In your house, your beautiful menagerie of pets, what would you do? <laughs> I would say, have you lost surprised. your dear mind? And he would yeah. be out of the house, okay? Locks will be changed, and he can't come back in here until he make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You would be allowed in, you would not be allowed to cross the threshold. <laughs> yeah, you can't be having that on your, your nightstand at night. You can't let, let me see no. that. Also, she was a pork queen. She can't just go to the butcher shop. I mean, she can't go just like get absolutely pig yeah. and just do what she used to do. I agree. People slaughter animals and consume them. That's, you know, all the time. Those, there are, I mean, you just do it in a humane way, you know. Unfortunately, she hears the front gate creak again, and she sees the shadow of a goat creature running into the house. So she runs upstairs, locks herself in the bedroom, and we see the shadow of two goat uh, cloven hooves. She tries to call Clay, but the battery of her uh, phone is immediately drained. Sure. And they, you would think at the very suddenly, least that's what a demon would oh, do. Oh, exactly. Right. If it has the power to do everything else, it's done. Your, your, your battery is at zero before you know it. Exactly. But also, I have a question, though, Hallie. Are we at, like, yes. minute 20 of this movie? Because I will say, considering this is now all just a day and a half, <laughs> and you said it has to torment you for three days. <laughs> well, so this is this, this is technically the second day. So we had the, I guess it's uh, like the first day was, I'm assuming the first day. This is the second day. She really only has one more day to figure this out. And there are some scenes where you're sort of like, can we move it along? Like, it's just like we're watching her get tortured (laughs) again. You know what I mean? Like, we need her to figure this out. Anyways, the force comes in. It kicks her ass. There's a lot of her getting thrown around in this. So she's literally physically lifted up in the air and then thrown into their bureau. Oh, uh, my God. And then it disappears. And Naomi, I don't like telling you this more than anyone, but after that experience, Christine does kill an animal. She goes to get a knife and kills her own cat to bury in the backyard. I know. No, no. It wouldn't be right, but if even someone else's cat, I would understand more. A stray cat, it wouldn't be right. But I'm saying, like, you kill your own cat? I'm sorry. No. First of all, I do not accept animal murders, okay? So if you Mm, do that with this... You shouldn't even give me this movie as an option. I didn't know, you know until today. I'm so sorry. I did not know, and I would not have told you. And um, if it makes you feel any better, that's the only one in it. The rest of I the deaths like this are is a personal human. attack that you just did. You said, I'm "How so can sorry. I break Naomi's spirit on a Friday?" I said, "I." She hates liquids, and she doesn't want anything bad to happen to a cat. And I said, "I have to tell her about this." Um, no, I'm so sorry, but 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 luckily that's okay. the only now know. drag her to hell, drag her. Right, drag at a certain point we're like, okay, drag her. <laughs> drag her to hell. Right, it's a it's a it's a with an exclamation point. It's a period. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, do it. <laughs> right. So 
Um, so she's barely able finish, finishing burying the cat. Before Clay comes home, he's like, oh, you got some uh, blood on your sleeve. You have a bloody nose? And she's like, oh, no, uh, probably not. But also, she doesn't tell him about vomiting blood at the bank. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's very weird. Also, no one yeah. at the bank follows up to be like, are you okay? That was really bad. Um, this, this bank is, you have to remember that just the day before, an old gypsy woman fell to her knees and screamed <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the bank. That's like, true. obviously stuff happens in this bank and they don't care. I mean, if you worked in a bank in downtown LA, that's probably what your attitude is. It's like, yep, another day, another dollar. <laughs> Somebody's vomiting blood, curses flying around. Um, and he says, oh, you know, you've had, this has already been a, a, a bad week, even though it's only been like one day since we joined these, this journey. Um, I, we're supposed to see, go to dinner at my parents tonight. Why don't we just postpone it? And Christine says, yes. no, I think Christine. it's going to be okay now. Uh, Christine. Yeah, I know. So she, she puts Christine, on a trash. Christine, didn't like you under normal circumstances. Okay. Yes. The fact that you think this is now the time you need to be trying to make dinner small talk. Exactly. It's really hard. See, just like a little horse. Sometimes it's hard to care. It's so hard. I don't, she's a fool. Yes. She's a fool. She's a full fool. We agree. So they go to Clay's parents' house, Leonard and Trudy. And of course, they're obscenely wealthy, like mansion, like mm -hmm. Beverly Hills. Like these are like, they don't say what they do, but it's like, oh, you're actually like generational money. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. we see the cake that, uh, that Christine had baked. She brought the cake as sort of like a gesture, which is really sweet. And Trudy's like, oh, what, what kind of cake is that? And uh, she says, oh, it's like a harvest cake. So it's got like uh, raisins and, and dried cherries. You know, we make it on the on the farm. And Trudy's <laughs> like, oh, right, the farm. And she's so down. Like, it's like, this is some hillbilly Betty Crocker bullshit. Like, she's so mean to her from the, it's like you brought a cake to someone's house and I they're know. mean to you about what kind of cake it is. But they're having dinner and Clay keeps sort of like setting, um, Christine up for success. Like, he keeps, like, throwing her up, and she, you know, is doing a great job. And then she she finally explains the McPherson file. Thank God, because we've dying to know about it. So, because I was like, what is it? What are we talking about? So, what she says is, like, basically, um, she had to write about in the Wall Street Journal a medical supply chain that was sort of looking to expand, but they didn't have the liquid liquidity. So she personally scouted them and set up the meeting and then connected them with her bank. And this is the file they're about to close. It's going to be a ton of money for the bank. And it sort of showed initiative. And I'm like, that should get you assistant manager alone. You did that? Right that seems away. Like, really? Right what are you away. talking about? You should be the manager. I'm like, that's like if you're doing you that did, kind of what stuff. What do you mean? You can't make hard decisions. Like, you're not good at getting hexed by Baba Yaga's. It's like, you just brought millions of dollars in while you were just chilling. Like, in your off time. What has Mr. Jacks done? What is he doing? What is Stu doing? So while we saw Stu Stu stole the file because this is about to happen. And so Stu's obviously trying to get in there, you know, do something for himself. And Trudy's like, okay, begrudgingly impressed. And she's like, well, your mother must be proud. And Christine says, I, yeah, I guess so. I don't really see much of my mother. And Trudy's immediately, oh, nosy. Like, oh, well, why don't you see your mother? And Clay's like, okay, you know, it's private or whatever. And Christine like looks at her and is like, honestly, because my mother's an alcoholic. And instead of, like, putting Tr uh, Trudy off, like, we've yeah. been set up for, like, Trudy's like, yeah. you know, I admire you being honest. My father had a drinking problem, and I was always so ashamed to admit it, and it was really difficult. I'm, you know, I appreciate your candor. And then after that, the conversation's like, well, you know, you have a lot of initiative, and you're very ambitious, what? and you're very, it's, it's so smart. Like, 
they were like, it was like, oh yeah, if you have one conversation with this woman, you will, you'll be fine. But it's just sort of like, yeah. oh, okay, I've learned two things about you and now I'm not going to be a bitch. And they immediately start shit-talking Clay's last girlfriend, Alicia. They're like, oh, Alicia, she had no ambition. It's like, you were just nasty people. Like, if, if you guys ever break up, you will, they will shit-talk you in a second. And then I finally, love Naomi, that, like, for some reason, her being from a farm is what's disgusting, but the alcoholic mother so is weird. what's relatable. It's like, well, I wanted nothing to do with you when I thought you worked in the dirt. But now that I yes. know you're cutting alcoholics <laughs> out of your life, I said, this is exactly. a woman who's got it together. <laughs> it's, um, it's wild. But they have a wonderful uh, dinner, and then it's time to eat a delicious slice of that harvest cake. Unfortunately, Uh-oh. they're all about to dig in, and Christine hears the creak of the gate, which is like, there's no gate there. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Naomi, she looks down into the piece of cake, and within it, we see the bleached eye of Mrs. Ganoush looking out. And in her no. panic, Christine stabs the cake in the eye, and the eye explodes, spraying blood everywhere, and, like, yellow goo. No one, of course, can see it but her. So she's trying to, like, ha yes, so this cake is good. I am having a good time while she's watching this. Oh, she so no one choking. else, okay, so it's not goo yes. for anyone else. No, no one else can see what's going on. So she's trying to panic and pretend, which is kind of what having like anxiety or, or like, I feel like there's something to it where it's like, haha, yes, I'm normal. Everything is fine. No one else can see the experience of there's an, uh, an eye in my piece of cake. And unfortunately, she starts coughing and choking and the fly from earlier earlier flies out of her mouth, which does not impress Trudy and Leonard. They're very judgmental about the fly being in her mouth. <laughs> so they see that part. That they do yes. see. Yes. And Trudy's like, oh, my God, was the fly in the cake? Is that why there's a fly in your mouth? Like, she's spitting out her cake. What? While this is all happening, like, there's pounding at the door, like, the creature's trying to get in. Finally, Christine turns, and she throws her wine glass at the door, and she screams, I could hear you. I could hear you already. (laughs) Needless to say, Leonard and Trudy won't be having her back to dinner anytime (laughs) soon. And Christine storms off without um, Clay. And she goes to Ram Joss. Yeah, and what he's is like, he You're doing fraud. in all this? Exactly. What is Clay like, doing in all this? I mean, Clay is in d- denial. Clay doesn't want to believe any of this is real. So he's like, I, I think you're just having like some sort of like PTSD. Like you're you're hallucinating, or you need you need psychological help. And I'm a psychology professor, so I'm going to try to give it to you, which is stupid. It's like even if you thought it, even yeah. if you didn't think it was real, take her to go right. see somebody. You know what I mean? If right. she's having exactly. that, exactly. She's like, exactly. I killed my cat for this, you bastard. Like, you need to, you know, fix this. And Ram says, okay, well, I do know a woman to help us, but we need $10,000 in cash by tomorrow. And I do like, <laughs> that, like, there's somebody there who can lift curses, but they're like, but you got to pay, bitch. Like, I, I don't give a fuck if you get drunk to help. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. 10K cash. Now you got to go talk to Trudy and Leonard again and be like, hi. Yeah. Sorry about the fly. I'm wondering if you have any liquid assets in the home. Exactly. <laughs> that I can take. So at work the next day, she goes, she puts on her fa- like makeup. She like, you know, sort of does herself up. And she goes to hit up Mr. Jackson was like, I know you haven't make it a, made a decision yet, but if I'm getting the assistant manager position, can I take an advance from my new salary? Uh, I have a relative that's really sick and I really need to get my hands on some money. And Mr. Jack's like, well, about that. I mean, the McPherson file, the McPherson deal has fallen apart. They, instead of going with Wilshire Pacific, our bank, they're going with First National. And I don't know why, but it doesn't look good for you. It doesn't look good on you or me. So I just, I think maybe I'm going to give the job to Stu. And also he's sort of like, well, between that and everything that's been happening recently, it's like, you remember when she vomited blood? You don't even say like, how are you doing? Um, Are you okay? What was that? He's like, your work problems, one, the bank 
left for reasons we don't know about, which is not her fault anyways, and you vomited blood, that's not a performance problem. That's like, you know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> Mr. Jackson's an asshole. And, of course, now Christine can't, not only is, like, finding out she doesn't get her coveted assistant manager position, um, but also she doesn't come, can't come up with the money. So Christine right. goes back and, and has a garage, and she's looking for just, like, shit to sell. Like, what do I have? What can I get rid of? Mrs. Ganoush leaps out of, like, the tool shed, like, the what? tool c- c- cabinet, and rams her arm down Christine's throat. No. Luckily, Naomi. No. It. I, Holly, this is insane. I know. I know. Luckily, she has what I would describe as an anvil hanging from a rope. And when Christine cuts it, the weight crushes Mrs. Ganusha's head. And then her eyeballs eject from her skull like a Looney Tunes character and fly into Christine's face. And then she disappears. I've never been (laughs) angrier. Everything you tell me is worse than the last thing you told me. So Christine, obviously, she takes everything she owns and she takes it to an Echo Park pawn shop, but she only gets $3,800. And she's like, I don't have any, I'm just a loan officer. She goes home and she buys ice cream and she's sobbing over it. And Clay comes in, he's like, I thought you were lactose intolerant. She's like, I am, but like, screw it. And he said, <laughs> I pay. I gave Ram Joss the money. I, I don't know if I believe in any of this, but I know you believe in it. And I saw how much pain you're in, so I want to get help. We'll, we'll, I want you to be able to see this woman. So finally, they go to the woman that Ram Joss advised him to see, and it's Sean Sandita. Sean Sandita. Yeah, baby. And, and she says, Christine, I know exactly what you're do- we're dealing with. It's the Lamia, because I dealt with the Lamia in, in 1969, and I lost a boy's soul to it. And now I want the chance to destroy it. And she says to Christine, can you be strong? Naomi, tell me, who will survive this movie? survive well i think the only person who will be alive are trudy and leonard and um i guess christine because she's our blonde leading lady however Mm -hmm. i would say that if this movie really wanted to be real she would be dead she would be dead Okay? okay but i think that i think um sean is not gonna make it because okay. I also want to say that, like, quite honestly, Sean just basically said, come into my house. The kid went through the floor and she was like, OK, see you later. I don't yeah. think this is that she's really very good. <laughs> I you think know? this is a great point. Yeah, just because you're a well-known medium doesn't mean you're necessarily right. the best medium. Yeah. You lost the boy's soul in 1969. <laughs> like, if that's what you want to tell me about your work, I don't, right, it's like, I it's, don't it's, have high hopes. It, because, yeah, because it doesn't imply, like, I've been training or, like, I've spent yes. my whole life learning this. Like, it's just sort of like, oh, I want, really wanted to see that guy again so I can kill it. It's like, I don't know how that'll work. Right. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. 
denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. They adjourn to sort of their seance room, and we've got Sean Sandina, her assistant Milos, Ram Joss is also joining, and then, of course, Christine. And uh, they lead into the room a actual very cute white goat, and they chain the goat to the table, and Sean Sandina tells Christine, okay, I'm going to call the Lamia of the spirit into my body, and then I'm going to need uh-huh. you to put my hand physically on the goat. The uh-huh. Lamia will leap to the goat, and then Milos will slaughter the goat with a machete, hopefully eradicating the uh, Lamia from this realm and sending it back to hell. Uh- Worth trying, I guess. They all have to join uh, join hands and chant, I welcome the dead into my soul. I welcome Whoa. the dead into my soul. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Once you've done that, you've already lost. Okay. And Sean Santina's, she, you know, has that, like, she goes, her eyes go white, and she says, she is coming. Suddenly, the room is rattling and everyone's screaming. And Sean Sandina, very evil dead style, the camera zooms up to her and she writhes and she shouts. And Milo says, who inhabits the body of Sean Sandina? And of course, her voice has become a demon voice. And she says, it's the Lamia. And it tell, the Lamia tells them, I desire the soul of Christine Brown. We will feast upon it as she festers in the grave. And Christine <laughs> says, it wasn't me. It was my manager, Jim Jacks. It was him. He was the one who did it. Which I thought was so funny. Like, you're going to argue with a ghost or like a demon. I know. And then finally, luckily, Christine remembers, she grabs Sean Sandina's hand, puts it on the goat. And it becomes this talking, sentient goat creature who screams, you bitch, you black-hearted whore. And that was fun, like, to have, like, an actual goat. It looks, I don't know if it's a puppet or how they did it, but it looked really cool. Okay. Unfortunately, Milos goes to swing down and kill the goat. But instead of killing the goat, the goat moves. So he cuts its leash. So now it's, like, separated from the table. Cool. And the, the goat cool. bites Milos's hand, transferring la- the Lamia into Milos. And he flies up in the air and he starts to do sort of a jaunty dance over the uh, table and like taunting them. And he screams in a demon voice at Christine, I didn't want your cat, you dirty pork queen. And then Milos, (laughs) demon Milos, vomits out the corpse of Christine's cat onto, you guessed it, her face. Face. And there's, of course, all this liquid coming out too. Fortunately, Ram Joss is able to revive Sean Sandina and she's able to command the Lamia out of Milos's body, and it pours out, it looks like red silk or blood, onto the ceiling. And Milos oh. falls to the table alive. And the lights come on, okay. and everything seems victorious until Sean Santina collapses dead. She has died. Yeah. Her effort yeah. to drive the Lamia out has killed her. Yeah. And we see the police taking taking her body out, and, and Christine's oh, like, Oh, they wow. call the cops? They're like, hey, we were trying to get the Lamia out, <laughs> and she's dead? I know. I, yeah, what did you say? I, she looks fine, so I guess they're like, oh, she had a heart attack. I, like, it, she doesn't look like she's been fighting the lobby, I guess. Okay. And, you know, they have the, the bodies being taken away, and Christine's like, wow, it took her 40 years, but she really did defeat the Lamia. And Ram Joss says, oh, no, you misunderstand. You misunderstand. <laughs> the Lamia cannot be banished by a medium. That is our lesson tonight. She drove it from the sands, but the ghost was never slaughtered. So before the night is through, so she is now, this is the last night. So she has until dawn the next day. What? Before the night is through, the lobby will come from the owner of the cursed object. 
That'll be you unless you give it to someone else. Wait, they're saying the Lamia is going to come for her, basically. Yes. Or that it's going to come from her. So the Lamia is going to come for her because she is the owner of the curse button. And the button. Christine's, and what Ram Joss is saying is you can give that to someone else, but when you do, you will be cursing that person's soul to hell. And Christine says, Oh, okay. Well, like, but why didn't you just say that from the beginning? And Ram Joss is like, Thank you. well, it's like, because it's a, a horrific ethical question. I mean, you're cursing someone else. And she's like, yeah, I think I might know a guy. Don't worry about it. Uh, you should just told <laughs> me that we're top. having fun. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, Christine has to, like, agonize. And, you know, Ram Joss tells Christine, decide by dawn. And he takes the curse button and he puts it in an envelope. And he hands it to her and says, you have to give this envelope to somebody if you want to pass the curse along. Clay uh-huh. picks up Christine. They drive home. And he, and he says, is it over? And she says... I think it's almost over. And he drops her off. He's uh, like, okay, so I'll pick you up for Santa Barbara in the morning, not knowing about any of this. And I'm like, that's the, yeah. that's how you know that they shouldn't be, like this this relationship isn't going to yeah. work out. You have to yeah. tell your partner yeah. what's going on. You're not going to tell them that you just yeah. saw the Lamia, the Lamia and like watched uh, Sean Sandina die. Like yeah. you're just getting in the car and pretending everything's yeah. okay. Also, does she get her $10,000 back? What do you think? She couldn't have spent the 10K. I, Probably. Have a backup. Well, it's a great question. Probably not. She probably had to sign something. But that's be great. Maybe. That she did not get rid of the Lamia. Maybe it's just a consulting fee. I don't know. Well, maybe it goes now to her funeral services. You know what I mean? Like now it's like, well, <laughs> that's true. We'll use that to pay for Sean's ther- services. Um, I would love to go there. Just imagine everyone who would be at a, a famous medium's uh, funeral. Um, so he, she, t- Christine tells Clay, I will meet you at the train station at 730 in the morning. I have something to do first. And she starts panicking because she can't find the envelope. Just kidding. It was in her papers. So she has the oh, envelope Lord. with a button and she goes to sit at a diner and she's trying to deb- debate what she can do with him. And she even has this moment with the waitress. The waitress is like, are you really just going to drink coffee all night? You're not going to eat anything? She's like, what do you care? It's like, well, because coffee drinkers don't tip. And she sort of shakes the uh, envelope in the woman's face and says, keep the coffee coming or I'll give you a tip you'll never forget. <laughs> Naomi, at a certain point, Christine's just trying to eyeball, like, can I give it to somebody random? She sees an old man with an oxygen tank and gets up and starts walking over him. So I guess thinking he's no. older and closer to death, but it's a soul thing. It's like that poor man had to be sick. And then you're going right. to make his soul go to hell? And the only what? reason she stops is that she sees that he has, like, a very loving wife who comes over and gives him food. It's like, that's what? biased against single people. What if he was if he was just single? He, should, he doesn't <laughs> deserve anyone? By himself. Having a soul. Awful. So, just like we knew she would, she calls Stu. And she says, meet me right now or I'll tell Mr. Jax the thing that I just realized, which is you stole the McPherson's file and you gave it to First National and some sort of just sabotaged me or whatever. Right. And get over here. And he arrives and Stu's like, please, I'll do anything. This job is everything to me. It's like, you are a maniac. Like, what are you talking about? You can work at any bank. There are other banks. I'm surprised you didn't get a job at First National. Like, I was like, why would you do that and not be like, hire me? Well, we'll find out later. But yeah, he did try to do that and it backfired. So he did uh-huh. try to. He was trying to leverage it into a job and it didn't work. But she uh-huh. gives Stu the button. She's about to give this to the button and he breaks down sobbing. He's like, oh, thank you. I thought I thought you were going to try to get me fired. Naomi, Christine can't give it to him either. She's a good person. And she's like, I what? don't like Stu, but I don't think Stu should have to go to hell forever. What? So then she's thinking, who deserves this button? And I'm like, okay, but isn't there some, uh-huh. like, just drive to, like, Mar-a-Lago? Like, I mean, like, there are people in the world who, like, <laughs> exactly. I mean, 
eternity is a hard question, but like there are plenty of people yeah. who have, are worse than Stu, you know? Yeah. Suddenly yeah. she sees a newspaper and it's on eternity obituaries and she sees Mrs. Ganache's, Ganache's obituary. Naomi, she has an idea. She drives to mm. Ram Joss's place. It's the middle of the goddamn night. And oh, you see him, he's Lord. wearing, I did appreciate he's wearing pajamas with a robe over it. So I appreciate ah! that he's like on call 24 seven. Like it's <laughs> 2 a.m. He's like, and he tells her, yes, based on my research, it's possible to pass a curse to a dead person because the soul never dies. If, if you just have to make a formal offering. So Naomi, Christine's going to go dig up Mrs. Ganusha's fucking corpse from the graveyard. What? And she does it. And I'm like, that would take, it's so, dirt is so heavy. Most places have a machine. Yeah, like, I'm like, that's going to take you till sunrise just to dig her up. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it is not only does she dig up the grave and does it, it is torrentially raining. And she takes the envelope and she jams it into Mrs. Ganusha's mouth. And she declares, I, Christine Brown, do hereby make a formal gift of this button to you, Sylvia Ganusha. And she screams, choke on it, bitch, unfortunately. It is torrentially raining, so the coffin starts filling up with water, meaning both that Christine can't get up the sides because they're muddy and slippery. Oh, my and God. And Mrs. Gadoosh's body is now bobbing around like a cork next to her what? while she's trying to get out of there. What? And suddenly the mud, the shifting mud destabilizes a huge, like, cross-shaped headstone, and it falls onto Christine, knocking her unconscious. I guess we're thinking, oh, did she die? But in the end? Yeah. At dawn, she's able to climb free. And back at home, she enjoys a nice hot shower. And Mr. Jax leaves her a message on her voicemail and says, hey, um, I'm so sorry. I just found out that Stu stole the file and tried to broker the deal himself, like basically trying to get him uh, himself in on it. Um, but yeah. then they told me that he did that because they're like, we don't, we're not beholden to you, Stu. Like, I don't know what you think was happening. <laughs> And after he confronted Stu about it, Stu broke down crying, which is like, Stu must be going through something because he cried at the diner and then he cried now. Right. It's like, Stu, you got you have to talk, you have to really look at your life and figure something out, you know? Oh, my God. And and he said, well, so the dust is saying we won't be seeing Stu anymore. So, Naomi, the assistant manager gig is hers. She did it <laughs> after all this. At the train station, she's waiting for Clay, and there's, like, a bunch of shops that are about to open, but they're not open yet. And she sees this, like, yeah. gorgeous, like— light blue coat and she's oh, trying to get Lord. the woman to open it and she's like oh we're not open for a little while she's like you know i'm we're going on this really special getaway and oh, i, I just really love to have you know so she Christine. gets it and we see that clay is waiting on the train um platform and he has in his pocket pocket of course an engagement ring everything's coming together for christine you know he doesn't care that his parents think she's insane you know like it's finally all happening mm-hmm. and she runs up to him and says, I just want to thank you for supporting me this week and believing in me and, and thank you for everything. And she also says, it was my decision to deny Mrs. Mrs. Ganoush another extension. And that was wrong. So in the end, Naomi, she did learn a lesson. And she <laughs> says to him, like, oh, what, did you, do you like my new coat? She, he says, yeah, what happened to the old one? She's like, I threw it away. I was just done. I hated it. Clay says, I know. That's too bad because look what I found. I found this in the car. And he takes it out of his pocket. Naomi. It was the oh. wrong envelope. And she's like, I was like, like having like a memento, like looking at like, well, what oh, happened? And he says, you know, God. I think you might have taken, I had that, uh, remember you gave me that standing Liberty quarter you found or nickel you found. I think the, oh. we mixed up the envelopes because they look exactly the same. So she shoved the envelope with the nickel in it into Mrs. Ganusha's mouth. Oh. 
Oh. Naomi, in her shock, Christine walks backward and falls out of the train tracks just as a train is hurtling toward her. But don't worry, she doesn't get hit because instead a flaming pit to hell opens in the track and as Clay watches in horror, Christine is dragged down into hell. The end. What? The end. Yeah. I was I was aghast. I was agog. Wow. She wow. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Wow. Wow. Now, um, yeah, it really was like, a, oh, okay. Well, I guess they really did that, didn't they? They did um, it. Well, well, okay. It did what I said. I said, she has to go. She has to go. Yeah. And they wanted it to be fun, and she went. Exactly. And um, what are some uh, fatal mistakes you think some of the uh, people in this movie may have made? Fatal mistakes. Well, certainly Christine being obsessed with becoming an assistant manager is a fatal mistake. You know, to be yeah. to hinge all your hopes on assistant manager at a bank, especially when you've already got a rich boyfriend on lock. Yeah. It's like, bang, let it go. How could you yeah. even? Also, like, go work at another bank. No one needs Mr. Jacks. Right, exactly. You so already have a resume. So it's like, yeah, go work at Chase. I, I'm sure all right. banks suck to work at, but, like, this seems like you could use this as leverage to get go somewhere else. You know, like, use exactly. this to motivate yourself. Exactly. It's also like you can do so many other things. I mean, my God, open up a bakery if you like making harvest cakes so much. Absolutely. You're completely right. Uh, to me, another fatal mistake is if you're um, uh, Sean Sandina, why do you, don't assume that you could fight the Lamia. You lost last time, like you said. You right. couldn't fight it the first time. Why would you think you you it wouldn't kill you the second time? Like that that to me exactly. is like I don't know enough about being a medium, but like it got it, you you got got you know like that you, you got you blew got, it. especially because remember the first time it's not even like she tried to do something. Literally, it was yes. just like. Oh, the boy fell, and then they opened up hands. Like, okay, like it's not like you even had a plan the first go round. Right. If that makes sense, exactly. So, most certainly, um, I would also say, you know, I other other fatal mistakes were going to your boyfriend's parents' house for dinner when you have all this yeah. going on. No one needed it. No one needed Absolutely. it. There was like you have enough on your plate. Um, also. Not opening the envelope. Um, yeah. And making sure what you had. Yes. Yeah, and to be fair, I guess it was sort of like, look, it's been a really tough week. I'm not, you know, she's not thinking straight. I understand that. But yeah, I would, you know, I'm like that, like, if I'm going to the airport, I'm checking to make sure I have my passport every five minutes. Thank you. you know? Thank so, you. So to me, it's like, I'm going to open that envelope. I'm going to be constantly making sure the button's there. At least before yep. I put it in the corpse's mouth. I'm certainly going to double check. You know, I'm not going to leave things to chance. Yeah. I say, and finally, where would you place this movie on the spooky scale? Uh, Between one to ten screams. A spooky scale. One to ten screams? Well, I will tell you this. A scream for every time there's fluid on someone's face. So that puts you at a good six screams right there. Um, most certainly the talking goats, another scream. I mean, I think you're going to get about six screams out of me. Six screams, but more for being disgusting. Okay. Yeah. I will say there's a lot more gross, ghastly Mm -hmm. gags and goops Mm -hmm. versus genuine fear. I'm going to give this a two. 
Like I, 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 I had a fine time. I I did like the goat a lot. I, the maggots and stuff all creep me out, but I was, I don't know if I was scared at all. I think all the creature design was interesting and like the ideas were scary, but like much like the original evil, evil dead, like there's a level of comedy to it Mm -hmm. that to me is fun to watch, but is not scary. You know what I mean? Like once you have like a talking goat and, and you know, you're just dealing with, uh, basically physically fighting your grandmother. You know, it's not as scary as some other other films. Well, I think the issue to me, I don't know about you, but for, part of what fear is for me is this feeling that something is happening to somebody innocent or somebody who mm-hmm. just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so for me, Christine is like, between being a pushover, between not giving grandma an extension, between even when she now makes a choice, is like, who should I kill? It's like, I actually yeah. don't care. So, like, when she gets dragged to hell, Absolutely. I'm like, take her. Take her. Take her. I also think, like, if they had set up that, like, she knew a truly evil person, like, yeah. if her boss really was a creep, like a Harvey Weinstein of the Wilshire Pacific Bank, like, if she really yeah. had an evil person, to me, that would be a little more compelling of, like, uh, yep. will this person who we know is, like, a good person do something that, like, maybe they deserve it or maybe deserve something bad, but is still this huge decision but it's like, okay, Stu sucks, but, like, you could tell he doesn't deserve to go to hell forever. So it's like, who? I don't know if there's anyone you could give it to, you know? Um, and they could have set that up in a different way, I think. Right. But also, she killed her cat. Oh, oh wait, are you still there? She killed her cat. She killed her cat. She needs to go to hell. Hey, everybody. Um, well, while we were recording this, Naomi was dragged to hell. So I, I really honored to be the last person on uh, the planet Earth that she spoke to. Um, really unfortunate. She did keep playing with a button the whole time. So maybe that's what it was. I'm kidding. But her internet did go out during recording. So, oh, wait, you got the message. And um, please go listen to um, her podcast with uh, Megan Daly. I love a Lifetime movie. And, of course, Couples Therapy with uh, Andy Beckerman. Um, Naomi, thank you for, um, being my guest host. I'm so sorry that you now are in hell. Um, and truly the last person who deserves it, you know, um, I'm going to go down to the bank and see if I can talk to somebody about that. Um, but in the meantime, everyone at home, again, please just, if someone needs an extension on their goddamn home loan, just give it to them. Like, come on, look at the world we live in. Like, please have some mercy and compassion that maybe we'll be dragged to hell. Um, in the meantime, uh, I hope you all. From the bottom of my heart, do your best to please keep it spooky. Seems weird to do it alone. Spooky, even. What was that? I heard a gate creaking. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last.